0: The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really and,
1: are. And um, the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie.
0: You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland
1: i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
0: The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I
1: occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world.
0: Media presents Conspiracy Built with PJ and Abby.
1: And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like, it's sometimes they're not going to be true, and it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. Right. It is what it is.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conspiracy Pilled, your favorite mostly hinge conspiracy podcast. I'm your host, PJ Williams, and with me is Abby Libby. We are on season two, episode 16. How's it going, Abby?
1: Good. Uh, was I supposed to bring a hinge tonight?
0: No, no. I, I left mine at the train station. Yeah, because
1: I definitely. I
0: don't know why I said train station.
1: Didn't, didn't bring any.
0: <laughs> I've never been on a train, um, but that's why that's that's a... I left them. N- you know what? No, I don't think I have. I feel like uh, I need to tour really America on a train now.
1: Derailed. <laughs> oh, come uh, on. <laughs>
0: oh, sorry. So what are we talking about tonight, Abby?
1: The Anunnaki.
0: Nice. I like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I hear we got a new local subscriber.
0: Yes. So thank you to Lena kiss as I think it's pronounced um, for subscribing on locals. If you want, if you guys want to get all the bonus unhinged content, be able to message us, uh, over on, on Locals and see all the cool stuff that we're doing over there. Join the community. There's an app for your iPhone or Android. It's the Locals app and it's conspiracypilled.locals.com. Uh, $5 a month gets you all of that stuff and more. We're also streaming on Rockfin. There's another way to find uh, our bonus stuff. Rokfin.com slash conspiracypilled where you can get us and a whole bunch of other people. So good ways to support Join the show us. and get cool extra content. Join
1: us. Join us. <laughs> Join us. We have emos now
0: we do yes so if you guys are on rumble uh we there's a there's emotes for the chat and then there's extra emotes for people who want to there's it's like a five dollar subscription that you guys can do just to support the show that gets you extra emotes and stuff like that um I trying to figure out if we have the rumble chat up on the thing. I don't think we do. So one of the things we're trying to, you guys will notice the show looks a little different tonight. We had a little bit of a weird flub in the beginning because we're trying a new software, but I'm, I'm liking it. I think it's just that my internet is still really wonky. Mm. Um, mm. but I, I don't think the rumble chats showing up where I was going to put it on screen, but I do have another way that I can do it that I will try for next week. So we're trying to fix that issue, but yeah. Anyway,
1: yes, with all that. Oh. Yes.
0: Keep all that out of the way.
1: Yeah. Let's go on so, the show. If you want to send a rumble rant or a super chat or a hyper chat or whatever fancy chat, we'll get to those at the end of the show. Absolutely. Memes, because we love those. But yes. Okay. Stop stalling, Abby. <laughs> this episode will be able to stand on its own. However,. A couple weeks ago, our sister show, Quirks of Creation, did an episode on the same subject and I got to be a guest on that show and it was a lot of fun. So that's linked in the description and we cover a little bit different sides of it. So if you listen to this show and you're like, ah, I wish I had more of the historical side of things, that's what you want to check out.
0: Yeah. You guys should check out quirks of creation. Anyway, every, every Friday, almost at Saturday, every Friday night at seven, they have another episode and it's a lot of, a lot of fun.
1: Yes, indeed. So I don't know why I'm so weird tonight. All my, <laughs> all my like normal comfort. I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm just weird. I'm, I think it's the new
0: platform and I think it's yeah. like all of the tech issues. Like, I, yeah. cause I feel nervous too in a way that I don't normally when we come out and do these streams, I'm like, Oh, things look different and everything's going to crash. Yeah. And yeah, i my so first day
1: of podcasting, you guys. I've never <laughs> done it before. That's how I feel.
0: I'm just going to stare at the screen blankly for the rest of the time, just lost in like terror. Yeah.
1: I'm going to read straight from my notes like a robot.
0: I like it. <laughs>
1: um, so first off, I want to give just kind of a word of caution about this topic because it's really easy to get lost in and really easy to get un- unhinged in a way that's not good and unclipped from reality. It's one of those just really massive topics that can take you in. Um, So here's a progression that I've seen in in people who get into this, who kind of go down this rabbit hole of the Anunnaki. Step one is allowing yourself to see in the ancient stories and in the ancient artwork of Sumeria and Acadia and Babylon – Allowing yourself to see things that you didn't previously allow. Possibilities you didn't previously allow. Like entertaining the idea that maybe there are alien astronauts who visited Earth a bunch and were seen as gods. And how would you see those texts and stories and artworks differently if you allowed for that possibility? Because otherwise, if you don't allow for certain possibilities, you're just going to edit things out that don't make sense. If you see a little flying saucer in a in a relief, you're just going to be like, ah, it's a cloud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it can be it can be good to allow for possibilities to entertain certain thoughts and see if there's anything to them. And then what kind of flows from that is that in the in the translation of the works or in the interpretation of the works? Um, how, how do you interpret things differently once you've allowed for that possibility or once you've decided that that's what you believe? Because often what happens is, is people, they don't really look at the records and say, oh, wow, this definitely is talking about aliens. They first believe in aliens and then read it back into the records which doesn't have to be a problem, but that's generally how it goes. You kind of backfill your the belief you already have. Right. And
0: we've, we've kind of talked about this before with like John Keel's idea that we're, we're thinking of them as one way now uh, yes. because, because that's like the, the reference point we have. I, I, I think it's true about technology too, where it's like we always imagine everything with the technology we have. So you know, people in the past would see a light in the sky and they would think a broom, you know, a witch on a broomstick with a lantern. Cause that's the technology that they had. And it's if something's incomprehensible, our idea is in this age is planes and flying saucers mm-hmm. and, and crafts and things like that. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm, for sure. Then the next step in the progression is once you've kind of interpreted everything that way, what reasonable inferences can you continue to make? along those lines. So if if the if the record says people came from the sky and they went from this place to this place really really fast and you are like okay well that means they're flying around in their spaceship and then your further inference is okay why are these alien astronauts going from this city to this city what's their motivation and you, you start to make these extrapolations and reasonable inferences and then what I have noticed in the group of people who believe in the Anunnaki is that those reasonable inferences turn into wild fan fiction. <laughs> 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 Absolutely wild. Whole cosmology that reeks of Star Trek and it, it just becomes this really thick combination of something you did genuinely get from an ancient source from a story story reasonably inferred, but then kind of filled in all of this imagination. I mean, it's, it's really cute, but then it becomes
0: dogmatic. Doesn't it? I mean, I noticed that with uh, you uh, sent me that seven hour long (laughs) Anunnaki (laughs) conference thing or whatever it's called. And I noticed like first thing is this guy is talking about all this as if it's fact, but most Mm -hmm. of the, as if it's fact is I inferred this yes out of my own filling in of the gaps. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, And
0: and, and the filling in of the gaps becomes dogmatic. And that's the weird part to me.
1: Yeah, it becomes, it becomes this whole story that people live in um, and it becomes a religion and it starts to be a religion growing up out of, out of this fan fiction. So that's something I just want to point out right off the bat. Um, I did a crap ton of research on this topic and I went back and forth. Like, how much do I want to stay rooted in what we know that we know that we know? And Mm -hmm. how much do I want to just genuinely explore what it is that people believe about these beings because they believe it really strongly because they're very sure about it and because it is a religion. So what I'm leaning toward in my presentation here is to give you a full overview of what, what's believed, what are these, this group of people who believes in the Anunnaki? what do they believe to be true? Um, Because it is a religion. So, and and because it's very difficult to separate out the fan fiction from (laughs) reasonable inferences. Yeah. So my biggest source of research for this episode was uh, two books by Zachariah Sitchin, uh, the 12th planet and the end of days. He's written quite a few books on this topic and they go right up to wild fan fiction, but they don't get into, I don't think that they get religious. They, they're right on the line.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: They're right on the line. Uh, but he's a, he's an incredible historian. I think he goes a little far, but, and then,
0: Yeah, I I haven't got as far as you have, but I did like how he really explained the whole Sargon of Akkad Mm -hmm. Uh, because So, just for instance, if you guys have most of you have probably seen it because most people watching right now have been following the show for a while. Uh, Our episode, the first episode we done the Nephilim um, about Gilgamesh and this whole idea that uh, that Gilgamesh and Nimrod are the same person. Some people were saying Sargon of Akkad and I just didn't have time to look into that whole Thing, mm-hmm. So I didn't really make that claim, but he goes into like great detail about how that they definitely are the same person. Yes. And I, I thought yep. that was great.
1: Yeah. He gets into every single thing that we have. And I didn't realize that we have so many tablets and seals mm-hmm. and various things that contribute to this narrative about the Anunnaki. Um, so we do really have a wealth of, resources to research from the trouble with them is that they are very difficult to translate. So he has, he is very confident in his translation, but I think that he's also, he had a belief going in that informed his translation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: So that's something to also keep in mind. Uh, so yeah, he starts out with a really solid understanding of the various cuneiform tablets. Um, with the myths written on them, and he, he puts forward this idea that I've kind of already articulated that the Anunnaki weren't figments of people's imagination. They weren't gods that they kind of invented to rule themselves, but they were, as they were described, as flesh and blood, powerful, highly intelligent, and knowledgeable beings who came from the sky and lived among them. Right. Um, he suggests that they were spacefaring aliens, and from there, <laughs> he, he really... Tells this whole incredible, very compelling story. To be honest, it's very compelling. Um,
0: yeah, and I, I think the thing that that sticks out with me about the the beginning of that with the Anunnaki is this is coming from the same source that also talks about a worldwide flood. And like, so this idea mm-hmm. that giants and worldwide floods go back and they're hand in hand in all these civilizations yes. around the world. It, it, to me, again, that's just further proof that they did actually see giants. There was something. Mm-hmm. going on more than just like oh this culture decided that bigger people was good for telling a story or whatever
1: yeah yeah so it seems to be a feature not a bug that people who go down this rabbit hole with any type of seriousness mm-hmm. end up in a religion that yeah. worships the Anunnaki so if you dig into this a lot of discernment and keep people around you who can who can help you with it and I've that's something that I have absolutely um, done so here we go the Sumerian myths about the Anunnaki are what I would consider Satan's side of the story that the Bible gives God's side of the story of what happened in creation and what happened in the flood and what happened in the fall. And the Sumerian myths are the most ancient myths that we have after Eden and everybody all the archaeologists, almost all of them, will tell you that the Sumerian myths came first and then the Bible is just fan fiction of the Sumerian myths. There's no real reason to believe that other than that they want to believe that. And also because the Bible is written, we have manuscripts of the Bible. It wasn't written in clay the way that the Sumerian texts are written in clay. So, Yes, they have older original copies than we have surviving manuscripts.
0: Yeah, and this, this is another good reason to yeah. watch that Quirks episode, Quirks of yes. Creation, because they that's what they specifically go into. So we're building on yes. on some of that. Yeah,
1: we are. Yeah. So there's a decision that you make going in when you look at the Sumerian myths and you look at the Bible, which one are you going to give precedence to? So we're Christians here I'm gonna I take the Bible as the word we take the Bible as the word of God and then if we look at another myth another side of the story then it's worth comparing and contrasting but where they differ we would defer to the Bible Zachariah Sitchin does the exact opposite he takes the Sumerian myths as gospel truth and then to the extent that the Bible corroborates he's like yeah yeah see more proof of my thing. And to the extent that it doesn't, he's like, yeah, mm, they got it wrong.
0: (laughs) This is what's funny to me about this too. Sorry. I don't want to go too much off on a tangent, but it seems like every year more and more things from the Bible that were just like, ah, that guy probably didn't exist is constantly being found. So if you're looking between the Sumerian text and the biblical text, the one that actually has the most historical evidence of its pointing to actual, uh, historical realities is the Bible. So even on that front, I think that that's a more fair way to go about it. Just, just for, just for historical evidence alone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the Anunnaki are the original pantheon. They're the first pantheon we see straight out of Eden. The word Anunnaki means from heaven to earth, they came. Um, The belief in them starts with the Sumerians, but then it, in that same region of the world, just carries through the various civilizations that were there. So first the Sumerians, then the Akkadians and then the Assyrians and then into Babylon, which is just about where it stops um, at least as, as written. And then it becomes the deep Greek past myth um, and carries forward. Most of the records that we have, come from Nineveh, which is fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. The place that was almost destroyed. <laughs> that is interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then it doesn't stay just in that portion of the world of Mesopotamia. It crosses over with the Egyptian myth. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about later. It does seem that these same beings cross over into the Americas, into South America and North America and other parts of the world, you see people describing the exact same s- fact pattern yeah. of these visitors from the stars. So, yeah. <laughs> the, these, the myths that we have from Sumeria are very, very similar to the biblical accounts, but they're inverted. And that's why I say they're Satan's side of the story. Uh, and Satan comes from a Hebrew word that just means adversary. So, when I use it, I'm not referring to just one individual being, but to a whole group, a whole pantheon of beings who set themselves up against God. Right. There are several Anunnaki creation myths. Um, they kind of give credit to different characters in their pantheon for the creation of humans, but taken together, at least in the opinion of Zachary Sitchin, they seem to imply that the Anunnaki didn't create humans. They just took a creature that was already here and they altered it with their own blood and or DNA to give it intelligence. Right? Yeah. Um, does that <clears throat> sound like the it uh, sounds, a Bible story to you?
0: <laughs> it sounds very familiar. It almost sounds like Genesis six a little bit.
1: Yeah. Or maybe yeah. even deeper in Genesis.
0: Really? Oh, so even deeper. Okay.
1: So they say they took the story as told by Zachariah Sitchin, who has compiled all of these various sources of Sumerian myth is that there was a ape creature that didn't have any intelligence. And then they gave it, shall we say, maybe the knowledge of good and evil.
0: That's maybe what they would say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's the Anunnaki version of the story, the biblical account says that Adam and Eve were intelligent, that they they could name things and keep the garden and, in fact, were responsible for the Garden of Eden. They could walk and talk with God. What they didn't have was the knowledge of good and evil, and God didn't want them to have it yet. He planted the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden and told them not to eat from it. And they allowed a serpent to persuade them to eat it. So I'm going to read I'm just going to read all of Genesis three because it's going to be important to this entire episode. Cool. Let's do it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Yeah, it
0: was that woman that you gave me, God. Come on.
1: I was there the whole time, but she (laughs) definitely did it all by herself. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me (laughs) and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, which implies that he was not going on his belly before.
0: Right, I know. I've always thought about that. Where is—is is this a dragon?
1: Uh, great question. I'm not going to answer it right now. Okay. And the and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between her offspring and your offspring, and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree <laughs> of which I commanded you, you shall not eat <clears throat> of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. And it goes on. The curse goes on. Um, and we've we've talked about this passage before. So sure, I I just want to point out that... There was a snake in my garden today, <laughs> in my little vegetable garden, and I was like, <sighs> because it's biblical. God put enmity between the woman and her offspring. Did <laughs> Did you so, crush its
0: head with your heel?
1: I I'm going to. Okay, but I didn't. I wasn't wearing shoes over
0: here talking about being biblical, and you didn't even crush it, crush its head with your heel. I mean, there's no evidence that Adam and Eve had shoes. They only had fig leaf
1: uh-huh, clothes. Uh-huh. All right. Well, so, I'm going to kill it at a later date, probably. Okay, but yeah, stakes kind of freak me out, even though I know they're harmless or the harmless <laughs> ones are harmless and this was a harmless one.
0: It was like a garter snake, wasn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I sent uh, I sent PJ a video of it trying to yeah. drag yep. <laughs> a toad into its hole. It was this whole thing. But anyway, that's off topic. So remember that passage because we're going to come back and talk about it more, but it's a point of pride for the Anunnaki in their myths that they made humans intelligent and their purpose in doing that was because they came to earth in need of gold and other resources and they were getting tired of digging and working really hard and they wanted slaves. So they gave humans intelligence so that they could be intelligent like them so that they could have slaves.
0: This is the this is the same Gnostic text that we've always heard right like this is where all of the secret societies get their idea. like this is to me the other reason why I, I know the Bible to be true because when you read every other story, yes, they, they line up, but then you look at like, what Mm -hmm. is the works of it? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's like, I know, like I know the works of Jesus and I believe Mm -hmm. in Jesus. Therefore I believe in, in what he said. And then I know the works of the Freemasons. I know the works of the Knights Templar. I know the works of Alistair Crowley. I know the works of, of Scientology. All of them have this exact same story that, that it was the, the, the space, Alien people, the the sky gods that came mm-hmm. down and gave people the knowledge, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they pretend it was good, actually. But yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you ju- judge people by their actions, not their words. That's my point. Their yeah. words are "I'm the good guy," and their actions are on the bad guy." Yeah. And God's like, I'm just gonna. My actions are just gonna show me for who I am.
0: I just now realized too. This is the plot of um, when I said Scientology, I meant it literally. It's the plot of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> and they're all they're all Gnostic texts, but yeah. Yeah.
1: That's funny because we're gonna talk about Hermes in a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cause he keeps coming up. Yep. So yeah, they the way that I read this is that they got humans to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that they could have slaves. And the yep. Bible says anyone who sins is a slave to sin. There's this whole theme of slavery and yes. I have come to set you free. It's just fascinating
0: it's funny because in that way it's like both are both are telling a truth right like one Mm -hmm. truth is is the truth and the other truth is a truth
1: it's yeah, it's kind of a twisted version where they make themselves up to be the good guys but there are some things they can't really hide about the record including the part where they wanted us to be slaves so recall that there were two trees in the garden we've done a whole episode about the tree of life you want to go check that out if you haven't already but um, let's pull up this image of the Anunnaki and the tree of life because it was still around back then.
0: Wait, did you send me a picture of the tree? of? Oh, sorry. Yes. I have this one as my first one. Was that one that we skipped oh, over?
1: I, yeah, I meant to show you guys Zachariah Sitchin and then. I, oh, I okay. Forgot. Well, there's
0: After, Zachariah Sitchin him. for you. Uh, there we go.
1: <laughs> okay, so yes, there's this. It, it's not quite a normal tree, but it is the tree of life. And here are the Anunnaki around it. And above it is who we believe to be Uriel, the cherubim cherubim who guards the tree. Mm -hmm. They are very big. Quite big. They are very, they're large. And uh, they're portrayed with these beards. They're portrayed as quite muscular. They have some weird legs and weird ways that they're like things on their arms um, I'll show you some more stuff later, but you see this like wrist band thing on each of them.
0: Yeah. They're each yeah. holding
1: these little, little bags. Some of them have these wings. Some of them have these things in their hands that look kind of pine Coney. Here's my question like
0: about, about the wings really quick. Mm. If you don't mind is this in my mind, just going back to all the stuff we've covered on Nephilim, is this the fallen angels, the watchers on the outside and they're off bring the Nephilim on the inside like the wingless. That's a great
1: question. Hold that. Hold yeah, that yeah, question because yeah. so, we'll keep talking about it. Okay. I don't I'm not sure if I have an answer, but it's we definitely need to talk about it. Okay. Um, here's an another depiction um, that we have
0: really quick before I change no. the picture. I noticed people talking about the the new software that running tell me you guys don't love that. We actually have our pictures are unhinged now. They literally yeah. unhinge unhinged. as we change. Up. If you guys are listening to this, uh, you're just missing out on the the fullness of the live stream. Yeah, which is a lot it's, of fun.
1: it's wonderful. So here's yeah. another relief. Same kind of image um, tree of life in the middle cherubim over the tree Two wingless guys first and then two winged guys second, but
0: they, have bird, they heads. have bird heads. Yeah. So this is wait, did you say this is Mesopotamian?
1: This is this is the same like set of stuff. It, there's just there's lots of different reliefs that show basically the same
0: thing, right? And the only reason I asked yeah. if it, this was Mesopotamian is because this is also Egyptian it, like it, it's it not, look, but it yeah. is right.
1: Yeah, it looks very Egyptian. It's yeah, yeah. um. it looks like Thoth mm-hmm. and this is in the Egyptian myths you all of the Egyptian gods have these animal heads and in the Sumerian myths sometimes they have this bird head, sometimes they have like a, a lion head. you've seen I mean you've seen the winged lion released yeah, yeah, those famous ones I don't have an image of it, but you've you've seen them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the wings are are super interesting i I do have one of the Egyptian um version of this, um one of the hieroglyphs.
0: Is that? uh, It's the next one. Yep. This one right here.
1: Oh, well, no, but Uh, but yes. Okay, (laughs) here's another one. (laughs) I forgot. I guess I here's another one. He's got this the same beard. This is a lot more detail. He's got the wings. He's got this pine cone thing. He's got this little wristwatchy thingy on both wrists. Um, Yeah, it's always
0: the bag. The wrist watches.
1: Yeah, weird lines in the forearms and, and calves and these this little bag.
0: Yeah, I realize I might have put them out of order because this is the one you were talking about. I think.
1: Okay. Yeah, here is the here's another. Um, this is another Anunnaki one. This is this is not an Egyptian one yet, but same pine cone bird head. Um, and then I think the next one question mark. Yes, this is an Egyptian hieroglyph, but same deal. No wings, but the bird head the little bag, except it's not a bag. It's the onk. It, it doesn't yeah, yeah. quite look the same, but it's still this mysterious thing that he's carrying in his hand. Um, the people didn't do these things for no reason. I mean, they're drawing something that existed. It's just a question of like, why? Right, what right. were these things? And a lot of the argument is, well, it's all just metaphorical. Like they gave him a bird head because it's metaphorical and they gave him wings because it's metaphorical. I, and-
0: I've listened to people talk about this at depth before and I'm like, it sounds more like a cope for them than actual like this is how human beings work that every culture comes up with the exact like we're supposed to believe on one hand that the reason things look different in different cultures because they have different sets of norms and beliefs and different fears and which mm-hmm. is true. And then on the other hand, which we believe that every culture has the exact same fear and represents it in the exact same way. Every culture has the exact same like set of anxieties and they find the exact same way to personify that in fiction, mm. which is not true of anything else except when we talk about hieroglyphs and Anunnaki and Nephilim and things like yep. that. It's only true in cryptids. It's not true in everything else. I find <laughs> that interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it goes back to that idea of like, are you willing to entertain an idea that you weren't allowing before? Because there are things that are just here to be yeah. seen. And it's only because you're editing out things that you're not willing to consider that you're making things up to be metaphorical when they're not or right. the, that you have no reason to believe that they're metaphorical. People do this with jokes too. They're like, "It's a joke." When when somebody <laughs> says something that that it's uncomfortable, it's like there's no reason to believe that's a joke. You just think it's a joke because you're not willing to ent- entertain that it's that they mean it, that they mean what they say.
0: Well, we all know that a lot of. We all know people that do. That. I mean, we've probably all done this ourselves even where it's like you make a joke to feel out if it's okay mm. if it's like an acceptable idea or not, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's where comedians operate essentially. Like that's the whole point of a comedian is like it, it, this is a little bit outside of the cultural norm right now, let's joke about it and then, yeah. Yeah. Maybe change cultural opinion over time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, we've talked about in that Tree of Life episode uh, yeah. whether the Tree of Life, speaking of metaphorical, the Tree of Life and the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil were metaphorical or just the best way that the Bible had to describe something that was beyond description
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is obviously true when especially if we talk about stuff like Ezekiel where it's like a mm. wheel within wheels and things like mm. that. Where it sounds like a chariot wheel, but I'm, I'm sure it wasn't. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but but there's yeah. kind of like that whenever whenever it's describing something using language that you know to try to describe something beyond it. It yeah. usually is pretty apparent that it is like he's doing his best to describe something that he doesn't have. Yeah, words absolutely. For. Yeah, So this is a question about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Obviously, we don't have trees growing that grow life fruit and knowledge Mm -hmm. fruit. So obviously, this is talking about something beyond the normal reality that we know. So my question here is, what if in some form, eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil somehow did allow the Anunnaki to mess with our genetic code as they claim?
0: As they claim
1: as they claim keep that just just hold that in your head um, with all the other things I have told you to hold and don't drop any of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys have to get out a notepad for this episode.
1: Yeah. Uh, according to the ancient accounts and Zachariah Sitchin's. It, at this point almost nobody except for Zachariah Sitchin has done this type of extensive work with these ancient accounts. So. His interpretation is the strongest that's out there about the Anunnaki. Right. So I'm just going to kind of go on and say things as if they are true and just take it all with so much salt. Just, so much. Just dump salt in it. Um, <laughs> no, the, the accounts say that the Anunnaki lived with the people in bodies that looked and seemed mostly humanoid. Um, there's weird things about how they're depicted in their calves and their forearms and weird things that they – you know, but they look like strong, hardy humans. Um and in the stories they they define politics and, and culture. That they were heavily involved with who was leading the country, um, and how the culture was going, and they passed on a lot of science and technology. In each of the places where they show up, they have this role of giving civilization where, where it wasn't before they seem to set human rulers in place. And then those rulers claim their bloodlines. And you see this in ancient Sumeria, you see it in Egypt, you see it in the Atlantis myth, you see it all kinds of places, Kings who claimed their di- divine right of king- kingship from their divine bloodline, that they trace their blood back to these gods, the Anunnaki, um, mm-hmm. that people like Gilgamesh, who claim to be children of the Anunnaki, who are depicted as giants, who were described as giants. And part of the extrapolation here is that the Anunnaki, in addition to appearing the way that they appeared, also used giants as avatars to better move about in the world, that, they, that the combined biology of human <coughs> Anunnaki was better for them than their own bodies so that they would...
0: Wait, can we, can we pause on that really quick? Yeah. When you say avatars, you're saying that they inhabited bodies mm-hmm. that were okay. Cause I find this very interesting for two reasons and I don't want to cut you off on either of them if you're going there, but like we see this, so th- this goes back to an episode that I did and I think it's yeah. important to like reiterate this when I, this is why I've come to the idea on greys mm-hmm. that when they, cause again, certain times when people tell you who they are, you should believe them. So many people yeah. have seen and talked to the greys and they all have the same story that they're organic Organic robots is the way they describe themselves. So, mm-hmm. ro- not spirit inhabited, natural birthed things, but built out of organic material.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, organic robots that are being inhabited by a consciousness from somewhere else.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. All of these stories, so, and this this is where, if you get too stuck on the idea that these are spacefaring. Alien astronauts in that small way that humans conceive of spacefaring astronauts from Star yes. Trek. And you don't integrate this idea that they were worshipped as gods. They weren't they weren't treated like visitors. They were worshipped as gods. Yeah. Um, that that they could inhabit the way that the Bible describes demons being able to inhabit a body. And Egypt. Was very open about this. They were very open that the pharaohs were inhabited by gods. They were yeah, gods. Yeah. Um, that they became gods, um, and they were avatars for it. It's it's very clear in Egypt, Egyptian well, mythology it, this idea of an avatar.
0: Also, being inhabited by one of these things, becoming a you know mighty man, a lowercase yeah. g god. This is the story of Nimrod again. Nor, yes. Nimrod is the only person in the Bible who is talked about as not being born nephilim, mm-hmm. but being made. He became yeah. that. Yeah. It's it's very interesting the the w- choice of words there.
1: You see this in, in ancient Britain area mm-hmm. of the concept of a paladin, uh, a warrior that yeah. fights with the strength of a god um, on behalf of a god. It this is all over the place. Um, yeah. So we're already seeing this synchronicity between the Enoch account in Genesis and and the Anunnaki account that the, the watchers, they came down, they slept with humans. They had giant offspring. And then in addition to that, they taught humans, various technology, science, and magic. And I'm just going to read from Enoch. Uh, Can what, I ask you a, qu- yeah. Oh,
0: sorry. Can I, I just want to ask a question before I forget it. So mm-hmm. you said, cause again, a, a lot of these accounts that I read about the Anunnaki and, and again, they're mirrored by every other alien worshiping religion. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they are scientists, right? Yes, but but in Gilgamesh, he was created by the copulation of an Anunnaki and a human. Is mm-hmm. that uh, elsewhere in the Anunnaki myth? Or is it always basically outside of Gilgamesh? Is it always more of a sciencey?
1: So it's manipulation
0: both. thing. It is both. is first.
1: They make humans or they make humans intelligent. Right. So they do something to all. I don't mean
0: humans. to ask too many questions. I just want to make yeah. sure that we're like getting all of this.
1: So they make them intelligent and compatible. And yeah. then, in part of I think the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve realize they're naked. they realize right. that they are sexual beings, mm-hmm. and it it isn't until that point where they could they could even be capable of, I think, sleeping with aliens or sleeping with the watchers, having that sort of relationship. So first, they make them that way, first, they make them compatible sexually, and then they make then they make offspring with them,
0: right, yeah.
1: Uh, so, okay. Sorry, you were going to read from Enoch. Yes. So this is uh, Enoch uh, seven, because I can read Roman numer- no eh, Roman numerals. And all the others together with them took unto themselves wives, and each chose for himself one, and they began to go on to them and to defile themselves with them, and they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants, and they became pregnant and they bare great giants whose height was three thousand ells. Who consumed all the acquisitions of men and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind and they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones and Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth, and the art of working them, and bracelets and ornaments, and the use of antimony, and the beautifying of the eyelids, and all kinds of costly stones, and all coloring tinctures. And there arose mus- much godlessness, and they committed fornication, and they were led astray, and became corrupt in all their ways. Semyaza taught enchantments, and root cuttings, armoros, and the resolving of enchantments. Barachiel taught astrology, Kukabel the constellations, Ezekiel, the knowledge of the clouds, Arachiel, the signs of the earth, Shamsiel, the signs of the sun, and Sariel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. Hmm. So this, this, it's like they had good intentions for humans. They, in some way, like they tried to give them something. It just wasn't a good thing. Like they taught them all this stuff and not necessarily out of hatred for them, but it just wasn't, they were God's creatures and they came in and they ruined it because they didn't understand what God was doing.
0: Yeah. I think that's w- one way to look at it. I would also say like, cause we've talked about this before with the studying of different uh, pantheons and different gods throughout history that some of them, rule with an iron fist. Some of them mm-hmm. are, are Hitler's and then mm-hmm. some of them are, I will give you crops. Like we hear mm-hmm. the, like the Ishtar and things like that. Like I'll give you this yeah. knowledge and all these things now worship me. So there, I think that could be another interpretation is like maybe they have a different approach of how to how to gain that mm-hmm. worship for themselves.
1: Have we dropped YouTube yet?
0: You know what? I totally forgot. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, come over to Rumble. That is where we stream the rest of the show. If you guys are listening to this later, the whole thing will be available to you guys. I'll drop the YouTube link. Well, you know what? It is in the uh, description of the video. So I'm going to be shutting off YouTube and everywhere else besides Rumble, Odyssey, Rockfin, all the free speech platforms that aren't going to shadow ban and destroy and delete our videos as as so often happens. So uh, we'll be moving over there in just a moment. So thanks for reminding me. I totally, I got lost in like just listening to you so much on this episode because I'm fascinated that I almost forgot.
1: That's so nice of you to listen to me for once.
0: Uh, you know what? It's very rare. So yeah. enjoy yeah. it. Uh,
1: I, yeah. Yeah, I am. So Enoch and Genesis both say that the earth was flooded because of how awful it became, because of the giants, because of the cannibalism, because of the violence, because of all of that, that's humans were crying out. They were, it needed to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, it was that bad. The, the Anunnaki myth is that Enlil just got annoyed. The humans were too noisy. And so he's just like, mm, I'm going to flood the earth. And Enki, this character Enki emerges as the hero of mankind, he's the one out of all the Anunnaki who's portrayed most as a scientist. Um, In some of the creation story, he is the one responsible for making humans intelligent. And uh, just to point out here, Enlil is the bad guy in the flood story. And he seems to mirror the God of the Bible in that story. But in the Anunnaki myth, the characters on um, the the very top of the pantheon and Lil and Marduk all seem to at times take on this role of God, the father or God, the son in these uh, inverted stories, these twisted stories and stand in as the bad guy. Cause anytime you see a reference to the true God in these stories, it's portrayed as bad in one of the creation myths. It's Marduk who makes the humans out of clay and Anunnaki blood, but it's this kind of like violent negative, more negative thing. All right. Yeah. So Enki, in these myths, is always standing against Enlil and fighting for the humans. He's this um, kind of champion of the humans who's most interested in sharing science and knowledge with them. Um, And so this kind of concept has emerged in the group of people who believe in the Anunnaki that Enlil and Marduk have committed crimes against humanity, but that Enki is there to advocate for us and to make sure we get justice. And if you if you kind of take this all together, everything we've we've just talked about, and set these myths alongside the Bible, I'm I'm saying it's it's pretty clear that Enki is the serpent in the garden, mm-hmm. um, and he's not hiding that; he's proud of it. <laughs> um, a lot of people who kind of go through this pantheon and try to draw comparisons between Anunnaki characters and Greek characters, Greek gods, try to drop. Uh, comparison between Poseidon and Enki and it's Mm -hmm. just because of his association with water. But I think that that's wrong. Um, Enki's association is with fresh water and it's not at all with the ocean, which is Poseidon's is is mostly the ocean.
0: Well, yeah, because Poseidon loses most of his power in fresh water. Exactly. From, from certain, certain parts of the myth. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, But I think it's pretty obvious that Enki is the Hermes character. Right. Yeah. Um, So, there are, there are seven main characters uh, in the Anunnaki. There's An, Enlil, Enki, Ninhursag, Nana, Utu, and Inanna. Um, I think of these, Enki and Inanna are the most important. Um, an is the heavens. The, uh, often these pantheons will have a kind of heavens god or a space god, a kind of an overarching everything above earth god, and then a, sky, a smaller sky god. So An is that big Heaven's God and the Ninhursag is is Mother Earth, mother of the gods, and and all the rest of the gods are descended from them. And this mirrors really, really directly the Greek myth where Uranus is that Heaven's God and, and Gia is that Mother Earth God. Uranus is not are. a
0: Heaven's God. I'm just saying.
1: <sighs> we can never. We can, this is why we can't have nice things. Can have nice <laughs> this things. is why we can't have nice things. Um. So. In the older myths, Marduk used to be considered king over them because he earned that spot through, um, it's a long story, but he's been humiliated and banished, supposedly. And there's this idea that's baked into all these texts that the ancient astronaut theorists don't really bring up very much, that the worship of these beings is what gives them power, and that what happened to Marduk is that people stopped worshiping him. And the last time he was really revered was as Ra, the sun God in Egypt before Egypt essentially lost its religion along with the power of its civilization.
0: Right.
1: And that's something that I think we need to talk about more just in the show as a whole is that we see these incredible ancient civilizations that achieve things that modern day we don't understand. We look back and we're like, how the heck did they do that? And at the time period where they did these things was the height of their worship of these pantheons. Even just the height of Greece and Rome was the height of their worship of those pantheons. And they were only powerful, these civilizations were only powerful as long as they worshiped their gods and they kept up their temples and they kept up their sacrifices. And when these civilizations verged into atheism or just kind of nominal going through the motions, Egypt kind of just didn't really know what to do with its religion. And so they just kind of like kept doing the motions, but they weren't really serving their gods. And that's when they start to fall off. And Pharaoh Nico is um, defeated by Assyria, I think, or Babylon or something. And uh, we, we know that Greece and Rome fell pretty soon after they went into atheism. So fascinating. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I, can we bring back up the last three pictures that we did? Some more of the close-up reliefs of no. the bearded Anunnaki first. And yeah. Then... <laughs> let's
0: go. This one?
1: This one. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about what's weird here. <laughs> what's the pine cone? <laughs> That's what I was trying to <laughs> figure <is> out. What is that? <laughs> what's the little handbag? I don't. I don't get it. It looks like a little hinged lunch pail here.
0: He's just off to work. He goes. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, he's just taking his his uh, pine cone lunch with them to do <laughs> his job is uh, you know, I don't even know what he is. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Do you have a theory on it? Because I've heard different people have different theories on these, but
1: I think the best theory that I've heard is that it has to do with their space tr- space travel, that these are accoutrements of mm-hmm. um, being able to breathe the atmosphere instruments, something that they would have been always seen with.
0: I also wonder too. like a lot of this is depicted in ways that I think that the people could understand, but I'm not sure oh. that it would be like a perfect one for one picture. Probably of, not. Of these. You know, what I mean, so like they always have the same beard, but mm-hmm. is it a beard or is it, just, is it depicted as a beard? Cause it's something else. Is it, you know, yeah, just thoughts like that. But yeah, like is it a pine cone or they're just like, I have no freaking idea what that is. So let's just make it I'm look gonna like draw pine, you know, cones. <laughs> pine cones about as good as I can get.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's this isn't a perfect human sculpture. It's it's kind of a cartoon sculpture. Sure. If, yeah, yeah, if
0: you will. Like even the idea of the bird head, like it's probably the closest thing to what these looked like. But is it? Yeah. Is it a bird? You know, like is it? Well, I mean, they could be because there's a lot of stuff in uh, these myths about the yeah. crossbreeding of animals.
1: It, it seems so consistent with these various pantheons that mm-hmm. they either look animalistic or or they look humanoid, but they have a strong association with an animal that they have a, a sacred animal of some sort. And.
0: Oh, wait, hold on. We have an answer from rumble answered. Sater says the bag they're holding have the only hinges left in this episode. The only
1: hinges. I was hoping somebody would, somebody, could like somebody else said it's full of glitter.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's where the glitter goes. That's where
1: the glitter went.
0: <laughs> we, I, I, we have I'm to do an do episode on the glitter. <laughs> If you guys don't know that there's a conspiracy around glitter, just wait. We're going to cover it at some point because it's too good.
1: We keep teasing it like it's (laughs) massive. Since before
0: we even started the show, we've been talking about it
1: because right when we were launching, someone's like, (laughs) you're getting into a conspiracy podcast. Have you seen this? It was one of the first ones I got sent from Ryan and uh, (laughs) I love it. Yeah, we're going to finally do it. And you're like, you teased us this long for this,
0: (laughs) for this, (laughs) for For glitter.
1: For glitter, uh,
0: I mean, if glitter's not the greatest <laughs> subject of an unhinged episode, I don't know what is. Uh, I, I got to say really quick, um, just a, a warning to you guys: if there's anything a little bit wonky about this show or things are not working qu- quite right, obviously, you know. Hopefully, you guys like the new visuals and things we got going on. We're trying to improve the look of the show mm-hmm. and the functionality. Um, one of the things I said early on is we thought we had a way, and we do. There's another way. I just have to. Tr- I have to test these things and we're testing it live with you guys um, to get the um, rumble chats to show up on the screen. So when you guys send us rumble rants, things like that, we can pull it up and all that stuff. So we're working on all that. It is coming. Um, I don't know how to shut off YouTube and stuff like that right now. So you guys are just going to get the the rest of this episode for free, I guess. Um, But (laughs) if you guys are new to the show and you don't know why we shut off YouTube and it sounds weird. um, Just, I just thought it would be worth pointing out because we've gotten a lot of new people over on YouTube lately. Yeah. Um, YouTube YouTube. I think if we rely on YouTube, like this is the thing everybody does. They treat rumble and all these other platforms like they're secondary, like they're not Mm -hmm. as good. Like, I'm afraid to go there. And then inevitably shows like ours get deleted shows like ours get censored We're and then because of that fear, people censor themselves. Because they know that their audience that they want to, you know, engage with could be gone tomorrow, or if their livelihood is dependent on YouTube be gone tomorrow. So we incentivize people to come to places like Rumble because we believe in that platform and because they aren't censoring us the way that YouTube is. So if that's a little weird to you why we're doing it, that's why is because we want to build an audience somewhere where it's not just gonna be gone tomorrow and you guys have no way to find our show. So um that's why we'd normally shut off YouTube. I just don't know how to do it right now because we're figuring out this program. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. just thought those explanations mattered. So
1: Absolutely. Continue. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you go to the next slide?
0: Nope.
1: Please. There we go. So yeah, here we go. Here's a here's the very bird headed. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very bird. It's very much a bird. Yeah. Look at look at his calf. Like what is going on with this leg?
0: He doesn't skip leg day. That's what's going on.
1: <laughs> but it's not like a normal muscle. It's arena. all
0: calf raises all day with this guy. It,
1: it There's something weird. Like yeah. it, it looks like. It Sorry, I keep talking like about it. I want to see if I
0: can zoom up on it over here and, and we can get a better look at it. Let's try this. Let's go to. Oh, hold on.
1: And it's go always to this just, one.
0: And then let's zoom up on this a little bit more because you're right. It is weird. Yeah, it's. Oh, I didn't even notice this until we zoomed up on it. What the frick is that? The what? This like loopy thing.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's weird. The way that That's their calves are portrayed weird. is super weird.
0: And his knee has like freaking calluses. Yeah, it's weird.
1: It's really weird. Yeah. Um. The, yeah, you could you stay zoomed in, but just kind of go over his all of him. Yes, you can see this handbag. This is yeah. I think the most detailed one we see is you see actual tassels you see this wristwatch thingy um facing inward um it's just <laughs> we keep saying the word weird over and over, but the it's the not a better
0: way to put it though is there
1: the the arms are also uh, the um makeup of them is a little bit strange in mm-hmm. in the Bicep area there's just lines where there shouldn't be lines, basically, and it's difficult to tell if it's it's trying to portray something it's almost it, like it has a
0: carapace instead of skin,
1: yeah, it there's something weird with the skin. It also looks like there might be some sort of band that like actually goes into the arm, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, but yeah this this pine cone here. Some people have suggested that this is metaphorical of the pineal gland being what you would yes. access with psychedelics and that there was some relationship <clears throat> between perceiving these creatures and getting messages from these creatures and using psychedelics. I, I think it's a bit of a stretch. You're, you're telling me that these people knew about the pineal gland enough to be like, let's symbolize that with a pine cone. Like if they're smart enough to know what the gland is, why wouldn't you just write it down? Why would
0: they symbolize it with a pine cone? Does the pineal gland look like a pine cone?
1: Yeah, I guess
0: some, I mean, I I guess I've also heard it like the, the idea of the pineal gland having links to uh, sacrifice as far as like adrenochrome type stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: there's that. There's that too. Right. So no one knows various people have suggested various things. I tend to find the metaphorical argument not particularly compelling.
0: What would they be symbolizing? yeah like if it's metaphorical, give me any other time in Egyptian mythology in all of the mythologies where pine yeah. cones are representative of something in their culture there's just it doesn't exist,
1: yeah, and it's not I don't think it's really a pine cone, it's just a, a no,
0: but that's like the closest I can come up thing. with
1: thing yeah so yeah there's there's that I'm sorry i don't have I don't have any uh, answers for you the the ancient astronaut people do not believe that the wings are physically there. They, they, they say that the wings are also metaphorical of them flying around in their spaceships.
0: So hold on, hold on. So what you're saying is that they it's metaphorical when it, when it's convenient and it's not metaphorical when it's not convenient.
1: That is exactly what I'm saying.
0: Or when it is. Yeah. So <laughs> When it's convenient. Yeah. Take it literally that these things existed, but don't take that. They had wings. Like that's a weird argument.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a weird argument.
0: Either they're representing real beings, or it's all metaphorical. Would be, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I have to.
1: I have to point out something right now. Yeah. How are angels always depicted? Good angels, in in classical art.
0: Yeah, like winged.
1: Yeah. These beautiful cherubins and
0: feathered and feathered wings. Yeah.
1: Where has the Where does the Bible ever ever say that they have beautiful feathered wings like that? Never.
0: It it doesn't exist.
1: Never ever. Well,
0: sorry. The idea of wings exists because there's yes. the, the chair. have the, yeah, they, they fly. fly and they have a set of wings over their eyes and, and over, the, but you're right. But you're right. The type of wings and the way it right. talks about them.
1: They also have right. a bazillion eyes and a bazillion heads and other. They're never depicted
0: wings. that way though. In, in medieval art,
1: they're always depicted as these beautiful people with these glorious feathered wings, white wings and that is how the anunnaki are depicted. That's okay.
0: So this is what I'm wondering like is it that they're not actually depicting angels, but they're depicting the fallen angels They're depicting the watchers and things like that. I think so. That's interesting.
1: The art is always in the catholic church and we're going to get back to that. Because they would
0: have to yeah, because they would have to be beautiful right. If they were coming down and seducing women, they wouldn't show up as a eyeball monster. Correct. <laughs> Sorry.
1: only today's women would sleep with an eyeball monster
0: well we've seen the fan fiction you know gargoyle we daddy have. dom romances and stuff yeah
1: so. yeah i'm so glad you said that
0: <laughs> i don't remember what episode that was on but that was hilarious
1: <laughs> uh, yeah moving on we don't okay, want like, like to go back and talk about the
0: you know what that wasn't even our show that was a different that was that was the book that was the hawk Island book club that was lit
1: Okay, context. I have a hobby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna make you explain this. Go ahead. This
1: hobby is going to Barnes and Noble and going to the romance section and seeing what fresh hell, and I mean hell, is is there? What what demonic creatures? The romance novel. What demonic
0: creature will women sleep with next? (laughs) Find out (laughs) at Barnes and Noble.
1: Because there is not, what I have concluded is there does not exist. There do, the limit does not exist. There does not exist a demonic creature that there is not erotic fiction about, and it's always a male demon and a female mortal. Never, it's never the other way around. Literally never. And the book that PJ referenced was one that I found that was particularly hilarious that was labeled a gargoyle.
0: I don't remember the title of the book, but the subtitle was Gargoyle Daddy Dom Romance. Yeah, I thought it was. Oh, and then the next subtitle was (laughs) Romancing His Stone. (laughs) Okay, I'm glad you actually explained that joke because I realized that wasn't even on our show that that
1: whole joke originated. So anyway, that's that's my weird hobby. I found I found romances about Wendigos. I've found romances about all sorts of spider monsters. There's nothing. There's no limit. There's no limit. Okay, women want to sleep with demons. That's that's what it is. That's what women want.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer to Mel Gibson's movie. What do women want? It's to sleep with demons. Yep. Only they would have came to that conclusion in the movie. It would have been better.
1: <laughs> women want to sleep with demons. Men want to sleep with AI.
0: <sighs> that yeah, that's the, the other same weird thing. yeah. <laughs> it's the same picture. Same picture. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, sorry. Back on track. The wings are not metaphorical. (laughs) Okay. We also see the Anunnaki pop up elsewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. John was in the chat, not for sale, was in the chat saying that there's some evidence that they visited in ancient China. Um, Mm -hmm. There's, I'm going to highlight just one. John also
0: says that the the double watches are for all the harlots he has in different area codes. Yeah, gotta keep track.
1: Gotta keep track. (laughs) Uh,
0: Did I throw you off with that comment? Yeah, uh,
1: just yeah. Another. Yep.
0: Go ahead. Okay,
1: so they're bringers of civilization, and and they seem to have brought civilization, this agriculture, science, technology, knowledge that they bring, um, ability to build these structures that can't be replicated. Um, to different places. And one of these places is South America and uh, their myth of Quetzalcoatl is that he comes over the sea as this humanoid, but he can also shapeshift into this feathered dragon feathered serpent. So he's this both, he's this feathered serpent human emissary from across the sea who brought civilization and brought all this knowledge. And then, you know, he lives flesh and blood among them and is their God, and then he leaves, and he <laughs> says he's going to come back. And this is, this is what emerges a- across all of it, that um, in Sumeria, in South America, North America, in Chaco Canyon, we see the same thing where the, they, they talk about the star people who came and lived among the, them and taught them things and then uh, left and said that they were coming back. So let's look at Quetzalcoatl. Um, that's how he's known in the Aztec, and then he's known as Kukulkan in the Mayan feathered serpent in both. We have a photo. Uh, that's, not, that's not. That's
0: not. Why does it keep changing back and forth? Are you clicking something?
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not touching anything. <laughs> it's just my welfare
0: Wi-Fi. So there's thought. Uh, that's not. That's not Quetzalcoatl right there.
1: This is Quetzalcoatl. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's okay. It is my internet. It, it wasn't, I was on my I was screen, seeing, yeah. I was
1: seeing Thoth, when I said it wasn't. So this is the 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 serpent version, the dragon version, this serpent with with wings, huh? Hmm. You know, like a serpent I, with
0: that now hmm. slithers on its belly. <laughs> yeah.
1: It yeah. You mean, <laughs> serpent that should be on its belly, but but we're giving it we're giving it wings. Yeah. Um. Next next image is this more human version, and again, look at this beard. Same beard. Mm-hmm. It's the same beard as the Anunnaki. The strange, this headdress. Um, mm-hmm. But I think w- what we what's gets weirder because there's a strong link. Link a lot of people who link these together feel like between the, the different myths, th- this is the same person. This is Enki um, coming across, and but he's in Marvel movies. And Marvel yeah. puts this together in a way that I I put it together, and then I was shocked to see Marvel put it together the way that the exact way that I had putting two characters together in a way that I hadn't. So Marvel introduces this character that's Kukulkan, the feathered serpent. We have a picture of him. His, they call him Namor, but look at his headdress. This the, it's the feathered wow. serpent. So um, this
0: is this is by the way I've been catching up on the Marvel movies, noticing the same thing that like we're putting things together. I'm like, oh, Marvel's just telling us who the pantheons mm-hmm. are. They're they're outright telling us who they're they're telling who, us who who the, they're trying to get culture to worship. And now I'm seeing it a little bit later. So this is the movie that I'm on. I haven't started yet. I'm basically okay. I'm up to this one because actually I'm watching it tonight. So
1: okay, is this is, this this is Wakanda Forever? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> if, recommendation for the Marvel movies. They're not good movies.
0: No, you,
1: you watch, watch them for the myth. Yeah. Watch them for the religion that they're handing you. Watch them for the philosophy that they're handing you because the last couple of Marvel movies I've watched, I've been on the edge of my seat. I've been like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. What is happening? Because what they did here is they combined the king of Atlantis with Kukulkan, the feathered serpent and Hermes.
0: Hmm,
1: so next next picture.
0: Ah, so people listening for people listening describe what's going on in this picture.
1: Okay. Yeah, just change. He's got wings on his ankles. It's Hermes. It's he's literally Hermes. Yeah. Anyway, go watch the movie. It's 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 something else. Um, It's Enki. It's the Anunnaki. They're giving it to us. They're synchronizing all of the religions.
0: That was actually the most interesting thing about probably the worst Marvel movie, which was the the Eternals. Yes, because that's what it was about. It was about synchronizing the the religions.
1: Yeah, exactly. So here's something I want to, (coughs) this is a weird thing that emerged. There's a couple different ways that civilizations have talked about their gods. Some pantheons have gods that are very ethereal. Their their will is imposed on human civilization, but they are not physically present.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So the Norse myths, the Greek myths, the ones that we know the best, those pantheons are very ethereal. Right, occasionally they come. They have a human child. They leave again. It's very quick touches. It's very don't really care very much. Mm-hmm. This is so different from the ones, the 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 civilizations in the deeper past because those are more recent. The ethereal pantheons, the deeper past where they were like, no these these beings were flesh and blood and lived among us. Yeah, taught us things and cared about us. But then they left. They came mysteriously. They went mysteriously and they said that they're coming back. And this has this kind of similarity with the Arthurian legend that this king comes and he is the once and future king that he's Mm. the best king that Britain ever had that he got his right to kingship through this strange um, strange spiritual way where he has this magician Merlin that, who trained him and who like magic is woven all the way through this. But then the lady of the lake is the one who hands him in, in one of the myths. He pulls a sword from the stone, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but in the, the one that other most one, people are familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. In the other, because it's in the Disney movies, but in the other right. one, the lady of the lake gives it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, y- you've got this, this human man, great human man who's surrounded by these magical people mm-hmm. and then he, he reigns and then he's killed, but not really. And he goes to Avalon and he's coming back. It's this messianic thing. So let's just, yeah, let's, let's leave that there for a minute and get into slightly different thing. That's the past worship of the Anunnaki The past knowledge of the Anunnaki And now we get into modern Anunnaki worship And I think there's a couple different forms of it
0: mm-hmm.
1: There's the accidental worship Where <clears> people have been worshipping them for a while And we can point to it They've been worshipping we, we talk so much on this show about the worship of the old god the old gods are rising people are worshipping yeah, yeah. them again and we're starting to notice more and more people are naming them now and we did a whole episode on unhinged about pride month and about how a lot of this is Inanna worship the Inanna Ishtar yeah, yeah. Aphrodite this the same character who's come through she's one of the anunnaki she's all about transing transing people and and sexual whatever and um, fertility um, destroying the family. A of, yeah, yeah. So
0: if it, it is a w- episode definitely worth watching, uh, you guys should check it out on locals or Rockfin or whatever. But um, the basic the basic thing that I've noticed, I've heard people say it and I'm like, I got to look in this myself. I've heard people say that they're starting to just name the gods uh, or goddesses or whatever of transgenderism of the LGBTQAIDGAF community and all this stuff. So I get onto TikTok for five freaking minutes mm-hmm. and it's everywhere. I mean, it's every, yeah. it was so easy to find. I I literally, it was funny because we, we had to keep that episode short. And after we ended, I showed Abby the 30 other examples that I had pulled yeah. up. We didn't even have time to get to um, organizations yes. naming themselves Ishtar. Yeah. Basically, it's a 4,000 year old. Pride month is 4,000 years old. It, mm-hmm. it goes back to Mesopotamia and it's a worship of the Anunnaki goddess and, An- and, and and yeah, yeah. Ishtar, Ashra. depends on if it's in which culture it's in, but it's all the yeah. same. Even every historian notice, <clears throat> can trace yeah. the worship of the same being from, from Ashra all the way in, through Babylon and, and on into the Greek pantheon. It's actually a pretty clear link that these people are all worshiping the same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but it's just this month long worship of people, of her people, of her Priests and priestesses dressing as the other sex, mm-hmm. having parades and doing sex acts in the streets. Yeah. So it's very old. It's worship of the gods. And now on TikTok, you can literally see these videos of people saying, "I want to know who I'm supposed to be worshiping this month of June." Mm-hmm. And then there's these people giving them, "Well, you should be worshiping Ishtar." Here's the reasons why she's this six four thousand year old person mm-hmm. trans god. So yeah, it, it it's so in your face now. That people are just coming out and saying, yes, we actually do worship these demonic Mm -hmm. beings from the past.
1: The thing that's been wild to me is when we come to a conclusion and we're like, wow, this is, this Mm -hmm. is kind of, this is wild. I think this is true, but it's wild. And then, and then somebody else says it completely separately. In the mainstream too. Yes. And one of the things that's happened with, because we have named Hermes, Enki, that character as the serpent mm-hmm. in the garden. Right. Inanna, Ishtar, <coughs> Aphrodite, Venus, yep. the bright and more like the 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 morning star, how you have yep. fallen, oh, son of the star of the morning, something like that. Lucifer. Yes. Lucifer is that lady. It's the and and people who come out of Luciferianism. I was just listening to a, a lady who had come out of a Luciferian cult, and she says it outright. She says Lucifer. When you're worshiping Lucifer, you're worshiping the feminine aspect yes. of Satan of the entire thing. It's it's her. It's Anana. It so is her. It's it's a mistake. I think to assume that all of these people are the same.
0: Being. I just realized something. I'm sorry. This just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Have you ever seen the movie Bedazzled? No. Bedazzled was predictive programming of exactly this because it's made in Hollywood, so they know who the Freemasons because yeah. they are the Freemasons and they worship yeah. these. It is it is the fact that Satan Lucifer is uh-huh. a seductive woman in a red dress. It's this yes. whole idea that it is the worship of sex. It is the yes. worship of this fertility goddess. I just yep. realized that. It's like right there in your face back in the 90s.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it, it's that this is who they're worshiping. And and also for people who don't understand the, the mythology of of Ishtar of Ashra of whatever the, all the different names, uh this was in her own hymns from her own churches. They said that she can become a man or woman back and forth. So I know that the idea of of loose for being female is is weird, but it's because mm-hmm. that it's both.
1: Yeah, they're not they only put on gender to mess with humans. Yeah. yeah. But Lucifer is known as the most beautiful, but the, the beauty, the, the Bible talks about the beauty of. Yeah,
0: Lucifer. yeah, it does.
1: Uh, so,
0: and that would be Venus in all, you, you know what I mean? It, that is the personification of beauty.
1: Yeah. <sighs> okay. So the Catholic church, this is one that's so hard because we have yeah. such good friends who are Catholics and I do not question their salvation at all. In fact, I think some of them are much better Christians than I am. And um, I agree very, with other this other yeah. faith. So we're talking about from the head and I, I am perfectly willing to admit that Protestantism also from the head is wrong. hundred percent. The SBC is covering up child abuse right now. Um,
0: the Methodist church is actively worshiping Ishtar in their, yeah. in their cha- yeah chapels yeah. and everything.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's all of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just much harder for the Catholics to hear because of how their theology is formed right. that, that this is the seed of like God gave his church and nothing's going to mess with it except something has.
0: Cause in order to be Protestant, you have to believe that Satan has infiltrated these highest places of, yeah. of godly worship and that it's still happening even in our own churches, and I think that it, it, it's because we're Protestant that it's easier for us to acknowledge that because we right. acknowledged it 500 years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. So the Queen of Heaven, the Catholic Church says this is Mary. They and and honor her, revere her as the Queen of Heaven. But this is this is we talked about this on our unhinged episode. This this is Ishtar's title. It's well known to be Ishtar's title. The Bible never calls Mary the queen of heaven. That's no Ishtar's
0: title thousands of years before the new Testament, by the way. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, there are so much that the Catholics say about Mary that is nowhere in the Bible and everywhere in Ishtar worship. This idea of a, a goddess of giving birth a goddess of it, it's, it's bad. It is, it's really heartbreaking um, actually how, how infiltrated this belief is and how ardently they defend it in the name of honoring Jesus's mom, because it it comes from this good place where Jesus wanted his mom to be honored Uh, that Gabriel says, I don't even think there's two ways to take what Gabriel says, but he's like, you know, nations will bless you. I don't think he's saying nations should bless you. He's saying that they will. And I don't think he's saying that that's a bad thing, just that, it is the correct it is it is a natural and correct response to you for bearing the son of God right that you will be blessed and the Catholics <clears throat> like to think that Protestants hate Mary for some reason It's we the weirdest don't.
0: thing in the world my
1: <laughs> yeah
0: so I, I don't have to tell if you don't story, want to bow but, to her yeah.
1: if you don't want to treat her like a goddess and pray to her if you don't want to talk about her this way that that is so contrary to the Bible. You don't rev-
0: you, there's no reverence for her at yeah. all, unless you're worshiping. You don't honor her. her at all. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: It's it's um, it doesn't make sense. It is a deception. It's a deception. It's a really thick, <clears throat> really sneaky deception. That's really heartbreaking. Um, yeah. There's this concept that you have to, you have, you can't get to Jesus except through the heart of Mary, which is so anti-biblical that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the father except through me. But Catholicism is like, pray to Mary. She'll take your prayers to Jesus. And it really just seems like this goddess whispering in your ear. I am gentle. If you don't like the harsher aspects of God, come pray to me and I will carry your prayers to God. She's not going to carry your prayers to God. She hates you.
0: Well, that was the idea of why Ishtar was called the queen of heaven is that she was always a figure who would come and say, I am a heavenly being, and I stand between you and God. That yep. was always Ishtar. Yep. So the idea that Mary is the same thing called the queen of heaven, it seems like there's some Ishtar Breaking worship out. going on, especially, it, there's a lot of that, it, again, and I am not, without pointing this finger back at my own people, grew mm-hmm. up Methodist. I That's why I talk so, that's why I'm so yeah. angry about it. Yeah, Because I grew up in a Methodist church, which was a wonderful church to grow up in, and I saw its destruction, and I saw mm-hmm. them literally, putting like planting flags to the goddess ishtar in the inside of the churches. So yeah. I'm saying it's happened to my church too. Yeah. Um, but, but I think we need to recognize that it's happening. We have everywhere. To.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is to me, this is the, this is the nail in the coffin. Any church that loves God that wants his heart that, that is aligned with God in any way, if they find out that there's a child being abused they will root that out so fast and with such ferocity there's there is no possible good excuse for covering up child abuse for making excuses for it for begging you to look elsewhere i constantly run into catholics who are saying basically well yeah it was child abuse is bad but it's like not actually happening that much. Please, please look any other direction. Please look somewhere else. Um, talk. You shouldn't talk about this. Talk about child abuse in schools instead. Like, how about we talk about both? How about we? Right, right, how about it's we not an either or situation. It? Yeah. And pretending it is 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 what it comes down to. And I've called people out for this, and they don't like it. If you are willing to dismiss it, to make light of it, to make excuses for it, to ask people to look away. In the name of Jesus, you do not worship Jesus. That is not something that can ever be done in the name of Jesus. To harm a child in the name of Jesus, that is not a thing that works. So if you are – I can't state it more strongly. If your church is hiding child abuse and, and at the very least just not getting rid of it to, with the – like French priests, French cardinals – Wear QR codes. This is this is a thing that actually happened to 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 signal whether they're child abusers or not. They still get to be cardinals. They just have to have a little mark that says that they're child abusers.
0: That's just insane. That's the fact that anybody could be in that congregation, see that mark on a on a cardinal,
1: and be okay with it.
0: And yeah, I can't, ima- I, can't I literally can't imagine it.
1: If you allow it you are in a pagan religion. You are in a pagan religion that needs child sacrifice for it to survive. Like y- Ishtar requires child sacrifice. Yeah. All these old gods require child sacrifice. So if your church is allowing it, if your church is is doing anything but viciously rooting it out, you're in a pagan religion. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. But there's there's no way around it. There's no way around it. God is God is not allowing child abuse ever. And he's definitely not asking us to turn a blind eye to it to somehow protect him.
0: I don't think there's a sin that's talked about more harshly in the Bible than child abuse. Not a one. Is there? I mean, I'm trying to think, was there any other sin that was said to tie a millstone around somebody's neck? Nope. And there's just that, right?
1: Yeah. And that's just leading the child astray. It's not even abusing them. like, right. It's not yeah. Even, yeah. Uh, terrible sexual abuse that's just like if you lie to a child and and lead them away from God then you should die
0: (laughs) well you should just die. I'm sure abusing a child in a church is doing exactly that on steroids
1: is when when you say we should hide this for the sake of the gospel we should Mm -hmm. not talk about this because I was told on Twitter this week that if I talked about child abuse in the Catholic Church it was only because I hated the Catholic Church that, that there couldn't possibly be a, a reason for me to want to bring it up other than hatred of the Catholic church. I'm like, if I hate the Catholic church, it is because you hide this and no other reason. Right. It, I believe that you are evil because you hide this. <laughs> so anyway, that was a long ramp. Sorry, but
0: no, it was, it was, it was necessary. And again, I just want to reiterate, like I, I know people will take this the wrong way. And I mean, so be it, I guess. But again, we both have Catholic friends who we think are f- fantastic people. And I don't question their mm-hmm. salvation at all. At all. Um, do I think they're being just like, I wouldn't question the salvation of all my friends who grew up in a Methodist church. who are seeing that stuff happen in our church, seeing right. it happen in the Episcopal church, seeing it happen every, I mean, it's happening everywhere. Just look around, uh, watch, watch these uh, pastor past quote unquote pastors on TikTok mm-hmm. right now with their yeah. pride flag stuff and all that. So
1: uh, L Travis said, I think if we see child abuse in a church, we should call the cops. Yes. This yeah. idea that you should deal with a crime internally to the church is evil. Yeah, it's wrong.
0: Well, well, hold on. It's especially wrong when we've seen the response because we now have documented evidence of what happened. There was a huge scandal. It made national news that these uh, people were being shuffled around to different parishes all over the all over the yep. world. They moved them to different countries. That they had to. So, if you see that evidence, that you are like, "Oh, not only am I seeing all the evidence of the abuse, now I am seeing the evidence of the cover up," but I am yep. going to continue to just let the people who covered it up handle it. I think I think you are mistaken. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I I've seen the SBC do this. Um, there is a a family where every adult child of this big pastor. All came out, all filed a lawsuit against him, all said, under oath, in court, um, he abused us. He sexually, physically abused us. The SBC has done nothing about it and continues to defend him. It's evil. And and those children will go on. They don't believe in God. They've been absolutely led astray from Christianity. And how can you blame them? The person who represented Jesus to them did that to them, and then the other people who were also representing Jesus covered it up and made excuses for it. Right. So, yeah. Anyway. (sighs) Makes me very angry. Yeah. But that's the more subtle Anunnaki worship by people who don't necessarily mean to be worshiping the Anunnaki or don't necessarily know who it is that they're worshiping exactly. They might name them, they might not, but there are people who are Expressly worshiping them and expressly worshiping them as alien astronaut scientists. Yes. So I absolutely, stumbled, <laughs> I stumbled on this group of people on Rumble when I was doing my tree of life research. Um, I found this guy called Michael Sala. Uh, he has a, a channel platform called Exopolitics Today, and this is the guy I got those long <laughs> unhinged mm-hmm. webinars from. But basically, <laughs> he talks about the most wild unhinged things with, with other people in this community. They've all, they've all done extensive research. They've all written books. They've all read all the Zechariah Sitchin books. That it's, it's this whole community of, like, I call them the Anunnaki people because I don't know what else to call them. But they don't sound unhinged. They, they're completely at peace with this belief that they have in these beings that are coming back for them. Right. They're not desperate to try to get you to believe them. <clears throat> the way that people usually are when they're unsure of themselves and their belief that they're like, you got to believe my wild theory. You got to believe that the earth is flat. You got to believe I've know?
0: noticed this in other Anunnaki worshipers as well that we'll get into later. But yeah, that's you're right. That is that that is a thing uh, yeah. in that community for sure.
1: They're very content to just like if you want to, I'm going to present the information. If you, if you want to come with me, I'm happy to have you in our community, yeah, but yeah. like I don't really care if you believe me or not. It's just right.
0: True. Yep.
1: And they're they're confident in it because the Anunnaki are speaking to them. They're confident in it 100%. because because like this progression that I talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, consider a possibility that you didn't consider before. Reasonable inferences following that possibility. Wild fan fiction. And then the next step is this religion that's spurred on by direct revelation that yeah. they're having visions of these people or they're at least they think that they're seeing them flesh and blood in real life being given information about their return and that they believe they're, they're sitting on their spaceship out by Saturn and they're sending messages or they're coming. Uh, It's, it's wild
0: there. Okay. There's one guy in particular too, that I'm thinking of and I can't remember his name right now. So maybe somebody in chat will know we talked about him on another episode and his name is Steven something. Okay. Uh, Stephen Greer. There it is. I have it. Stephen Greer. There's this guy named Stephen Greer. He taught Kesha who taught uh, Demi Demi Lovato Lovato how to contact the Anunnaki and to bring them to it's like this is this is a whole I was on another show last night where I was talking about this thing where I'm like it is if you believe that these friendly travelers from outer space can mess with time and possess you and come when you summon them. Uh, that they're they're just like these friendly dudes from outer space. I think I think you need to, to yeah yeah think about it yeah. a little more deeply than that.
1: But they they talk about all of this. Um,
0: the, and he that Steven Gur guy is also very calm and very confident yeah. and has a large following.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's this idea that the Anunnaki they left because they didn't want to be directly ruling us anymore as gods. That they recognized that that wasn't good for us. But that they've been keeping an eye on us, and that's what all the UFO sightings are, and the abductions are the, just them picking up a a test subject for you know genetic testing, evaluation, stuff like that. Right. Nothing bad. Nothing bad. They're good guys. Because um,
0: good guys abduct you in the middle of the night and run tests on yeah. you.
1: <laughs> that the giants are good. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And that there are sleeping giants that are avatars that are waiting uh, that have been preserved that are waiting for the Anunnaki to inhabit them again. mm Hmm. Um, talking
0: about the, the tomb of Gilgamesh.
1: Yeah. Completely preserved
0: giant body. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So a lot of how they speak seems to come from star Wars and star Trek and avatar and, and all of that, this predictive programming that seems to have informed. I think what happens is that you are so steeped in a story that it gives your brain room to imagine something. And then you have these beings whispering your ears and you're, you're, Like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Star Trek. What you're telling me that you're, you're from another planet and, and that you're a scientist. That makes sense to me because I have this imaginative framework for it already. You're not trying to shove something into your mind that doesn't fit. You can just put it right on a shelf that, Mm -hmm. that you already had. So that kind of, we're moving from the religion, the, the current worship into the eschatology Yes. So this whole, we left and we're coming again. Uh, your benevolent gods are coming again. Mm-hmm. It it mirrors this biblical narrative of like the Messiah who came, um, and then is coming again. Um, but it kind of it kind of reminds me of this like weird cult. I don't know if you know about this this like alien cult. Have you ever heard?
0: I've never looked into alien <laughs> cults ever.
1: You, you've never heard of the Raelians?
0: You know, starting to ring a
1: bell. <laughs> okay, just give us a if you can <clears throat> if you can remember, give us a quick. I'm going to review.
0: I'm going to berate our audience again <laughs> and say, "How is our like my favorite episode I've ever done? How is no? It's not my favorite, but it's one of them. It's <laughs> like our least listened to episode." Okay. Uh, Raelians UFO sex cult. So uh yeah, it's <laughs> this guy Claude Vorion went onto a mountain in mm-hmm. France mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. these beings came down, which yeah. I find pretty interesting because every time that the Anunnaki or the Nephilim or the angels or any of these things in, in all yeah. of this history ever come down and speak to someone's on a mountaintop. Yeah, uh, yeah. like Mount yeah. Hermon. So these aliens come down and they say, hey, by the way, we created humanity. Um, Sounds we, annoying. we created it b- f- by sleeping with people, by, uh-huh, by having uh-huh. sex with human women and, and creating half breed children. Uh-huh. And then we experimented on them. So ah. you should worship us. And their entire cult is about gathering women for Claude and for the Raelians, AKA Anunnaki to uh-huh. have sex with and that they're ah. coming back to govern us again. They, they left us here alone for a while they are waiting for us to hit a certain point and here's okay. Can I bring up something that's not yeah. just that's not specifically just Raelian, but is every UFO mythology uh-huh. literally all of them all of them that they're coming back because of the nuclear bomb that that was their signal that mm-hmm. humanity's moved on to the next stage mm-hmm. and that they're ready for the Anunnaki to come or whatever aliens to come back and, and lead them that they planted us here that they created us they planned us uh-huh. they bred us they came they're going to come back soon because we're in this third age. They actually have a holiday. The Raelians do every year on the day that Hiroshima was (laughs) bombed. Love weird holiday.
1: They seem nice. Really hate the the Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no.
0: See this. But this is my point, right? And I made this point about Claude before he's nuts, sort of. I mean, he's a bad person. He's a, awful person like the media tries to portray him as their cult is you know they're really not that bad like yeah he did have you know marry a 15 or 16 year old Asian chick that was in his cult and but you know that's Mm. fine Um, you know anyway my point is they try to make him out to be good but kind of dumb and I think that he's so dumb that he couldn't have come up with this stuff. That's my point. Like when you listen to this guy and then the more like when I I studied Raelians before I studied any of the stuff we're talking about now. I'm like Mm -hmm. more recently getting into the Anunnaki stuff and all these things and the pantheons coming back and everything that we've been covering on the show for the last year. But once I realized I'm like everything he said lines up and he's he's an idiot. He didn't come (laughs) up with this. Yeah. Something revealed this to him on a mountaintop as he said. I actually believe that that happened. I think he was, you know, lied to, but I think yeah. it happened.
1: Yeah. So, um, another thing you've probably never, ever heard of, but it just, you know, if you have let us know project Bluebeam. what's that?
0: Oh man, that's another thing I've never talked about on this show. <laughs> <laughs> project Bluebeam is this idea that they would use the alien, the, the, they would project images in the sky to make people believe that we we're all created by the same being. This is, mm. this is the thing that I've, this is why when I, on our, our, our railing episode, I linked it to project Bluebeam to tell you why is because Claude's whole idea is that you're not wrong. Your religion is not wrong. You can be Hindu. You can be Christian, Buddhist, Muslim. And his idea is that all of the prophets were half breeds of the, uh, sky people. Mm hmm they call him the Raelians, and that he's one of them. He's the 40th and final prophet. And that eventually we're all going to realize that every single religion is true and that all of the gods that people worship are the same thing. And that's what Project Bluebeam is the idea of projecting into the sky UFO invasions and and people's gods talking to them and using electronic interference in your home now that your homes all have Wi-Fi in your freaking refrigerator for some stupid reason. Mm-hmm. That that actually could be possible. Uh, they're going to use all that to convince everyone that all of the gods are the same thing and that they're the aliens that the aliens planned us here and created us and that there will be a new one world religion headed up by all of these religious leaders that just so conveniently for the last decade have been getting together and mm-hmm. talking about how they can make Chrislam a thing essentially right like how they can mix Christianity and Islam and this has been headed up headed up by the Catholic Church.
1: Whoa, weird.
0: It's weird. Weird It's almost like it's all true.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So what I'm going to propose here and Mm -hmm. uh, don't fire me. Okay. (laughs) It's they don't, they don't need blue beam and I think Mm -hmm. that they know it. They Mm -hmm. don't need holograms because these beings are real. Yeah. And they're actually coming back the way that they say they are and they are in some sense already here. And are already working. We've been talking about how the old gods are rising. New statues are being built to them all the time. We're seeing statues to Ishtar, we're seeing statues to Baal, we're seeing children being sacrificed to these gods at a rate that has never been done before. Yeah. Um, with the trans movement, with child sex trafficking, with abortion, all and, and- of that.
0: And we're seeing the ideas of Claude, as crazy as he is, yes. getting into the mainstream that we really are in some type of Gnostic prison planet mm-hmm. made to, you know, cultivate us so that way we can be saved by these beings from beyond our galaxy. It's it's the same Mm -hmm. Again, the reason I keep saying it comes back to Gnosticism for people who don't understand this is Gnosticism is the ultimate Luciferian religion. When I say Mm -hmm. Luciferian, I know that some people will get mad at that because of the translation issues. My point is that that is what they call themselves. They believe that the that Satan Lucifer um, gave us the knowledge of good and evil and that makes him the good guy and that God that created us is Mm -hmm. actually the bad guy. And that we have to escape this simulation prison mm-hmm. planet that we live on by worshiping the sky gods, the sky yep. beings.
1: Gnosticism and Hermeticism. Yep. Hermes Enki, this this character, this is the religion. This is the alternate religion. Ultimately, there's only been two choices. The yes. Bible has always said this. If you're if you if you don't worship God, you you worship the devil. There's always been two choices. You either follow God, you follow Yahweh, you believe that he is who he says he is, that he is a good God, um, and that he sacrificed himself for us and he paid for our sins, he paid for all the wrong that we've ever done to reconcile us to him. That he made the sacrifice so that we could be with him. Every other God requires you to sacrifice something to them.
0: Well, yeah and you say there's two choices. That's one is is you sacrifice to them or God or yeah. you or God sacrifices his son for you. That's yeah. the one thing that distinguishes all religions. Yes. and the other one I've noticed is like every one of these other religions has all these things in common whether no matter how much they try to hide it, and that is mm-hmm. that we have a single creator God mm-hmm. who who sacrifices himself for us. So again, those are the two choices. Even Islam, like pe- a lot of people don't realize this. they think that Islam is saying, uh, why can't they get the name right now? the Allah Allah is the same God as the Jews and the Christians believe in is, is what we're told, but that's just not true.
1: It's not.
0: No, he was, he was a, what a sun God or something like that or moon God.
1: He, yeah, he's affiliated with the moon, but he's a God of war. He's Aries.
0: Right. So that's my point. It's like, even in their own mythology, he's not the God. He's one of this other alternative Pantheon.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah and he requires the sacrifice of the blood of the nations he he wants mm-hmm. them to just kill and kill holy war jihad i mean that this is their religion that you ho- holy war tell me you have a religion that has the concept of holy war and that's not in service to ares the right. god war so all of this syncretism of all these religions into the anunnaki one world religion united against one bad guy which is the god of the bible the yes. change of the narrative here is that it's not that christians believe in someone who isn't real and that they're silly and that they're bad informed it's that they follow the evil enemy of the earth and that
0: sorry you said it backwards or oh, wait no you're saying that about us okay no sorry yeah go yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I get you. The what narrative you're
1: saying now. Is, is is The
0: narrative. Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
1: The narrative is going to be that Christians aren't just stu- aren't stupid. They mm-hmm. they they don't believe in a fairy tale. They believe in an evil enemy of the earth who's loyal, you know, if if your loyalty is with a galactic criminal, then yeah. you're a criminal.
0: The there was a tweet today and I saw someone comment on this that was so perfect for this and it was I don't believe in God, that's silly and you're stupid if you believe in God. But Satan is definitely the the good guy in this story. Have you, that, I mean, you've heard this before, coming. right? Like that's been yeah. happening for decades. It's God's not real, but Satan's the good. I mean, that is what the yeah. satanic church has been preaching for decades is we don't believe in God and Satan, but Satan's the good
1: guy in the story. Right. I mean, from, from the beginning of atheism, it's been, I don't believe in God cause I hate him. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: Like, Oh, okay. You know, Okay. Um, God is both
0: evil and doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We see independently from the Bible, the things that were written in revelation that are, that were prophesied by God and by people. God spoke to also being prophesied from the other side. Uh, We see the satanic prophecy of the same set of events that there's going to be a one world religion, and one enemy and that one enemy is God um, the Anunnaki people genuinely believe that what's coming is this galactic like trial of mm-hmm. Yahweh that of of Enlil of, of this God that has done humans wrong and that he's finally going to be held to account in galactic court
0: the, uh, sorry I don't want to cut this no just- no go for it It's interesting because there's a certain name. Satan means something in the in the
1: Bible. It also means accuser accuser. Yep.
0: Because he's the one in Job. He's the one in, in the garden of Eden, who is the accuser who wants to hold God on trial. Yes. (laughs) Again, they're all Luciferian religions is my point.
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) So another piece of this narrative from the Anunnaki people is that Enlil messed with our DNA in a way that was bad and evil Mm -hmm. and that they are going to come and They're going to fix it that they're going to restore Adamic DNA that if you just you know get this little mark that says 666 we'll just we'll mark you as like having had your your DNA fixed right I'm. They, they don't say that about the mark, but I do think that this is walking us right into the, the mark of the beast. This, it,
0: it, sorry, yeah. go ahead.
1: I think a lot of questions are, are, have been scared, like, is this the mark? Is this the mark? Is this the mark? No, I think it's going to be really obvious. It's going it to be a be. really satanic, irreversible thing that if you go and do this, if you go and have your DNA messed with, if you go and get Neuralink linked up to your your brain, whatever mm-hmm. this is, it's going to be really obviously a hate, a hateful to God action that can't be reversed.
0: Yes. And this is why, again, you said that everybody's always looking for the mark. And I remember everybody will remember this from a few years ago. Not that long ago Uh, is the, is the COVID shot, the mark of the beast, right? Was, was the thing that you were seeing in certain circles. And I, I said this from literally from day one, as I was like, I don't think that it's the mark. Well, not from day one, sorry, when it became apparent that this was not what we were sold. I think early on it was very much like and I believed it was very much like a flu shot where I never believed in the flu shot working, so I didn't care for it, but I didn't think it was anything worse than that. Then it became apparent that this was DNA altering stuff when they started coming out and saying, hey, we're messing with your R- mRNA," Uh and people start. That's when it started, I should say. And at that point I said, I don't think it's the mark, but I do think that this is a precursor for X, Y and Z. And one of those things was get the covid shot or you can't shop at this store get the covid right. shot or you can't uh eat at this restaurant you can't right. keep your job i'm like Except- it's definitely not something that you could just accidentally slip into like the covid mm-hmm. shot especially if especially we got very early on when trump was still like the main proponent of it um but but it does seem like it sets a precedent for seeing if people would accept something like yes. like that a dna altering
1: mm-hmm.
0: don't buy stuff if you don't have this thing we've mm-hmm. already set the groundwork
1: yeah that that you – we're going to offer something that alters your, your genetic code, mm-hmm. and then we're going to treat you as lepers um, and cast you out of society if your code is not up to snuff. Yep. So it walks us – the Anunnaki eschatology walks us right into res, revelation. And I think it also has the effect, if you get too deep down this rabbit hole, of, of getting you to question your faith, of what, what if it is true that Yahweh is just one of them um, one of many gods that he's not so much bigger than them. And, and and maybe he's not the good guy or maybe he's the good guy, but he's going to, you know, he's still not powerful or, or, or big enough or good enough or whatever. However, it makes you question your faith. It just kind of walks you into that place where I think that um, revelation is even clear that a lot of Christians, a lot of people who who say that they follow God will be deceived. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So, in completely, completely unrelated news, this story about UFOs dropped this week.
0: Yeah, totally, totally unrelated news. Hold on. Where <laughs> the government
1: just outright admitted to having retrieved a craft of non human origin. Yeah. They just said they have an alien spaceship.
0: <laughs> and not Which, only that, but that they have bodies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which has been theorized for a long time that the government has since Roswell has mm-hmm. had something and now they're opening the door on it. And I think it's because the Anunnaki, the aliens, the false gods want them to, they want to reveal themselves. Now
0: you said something earlier that I thought was so I wanted to jump on this cause, and I didn't get a chance because I think you were spot on when we first started talking about project blue beam. I knew something in it was true and I do still believe they have and have utilized and still will utilize uh, holographic technologies, and things mm-hmm. like that. But it was always confusing to me because I was like, well, look, these things exist. Right. Like that was the distinction I was always trying to make Is I'm like, well, the, the spacecrafts, whatever you want to call them, the things in the sky that we see, they yeah. exist. The grays exist. These things are real. Um, so I don't know why they have to fake it. And I think that that is, I, I said this maybe a few episodes ago or one of our shows or maybe we were a guest on something. And I said, I think that it's the red herring of this thing is the holographic technology. I think, actually, I think it was when we were guests on a different podcast. So I think that, sorry, where was I going with this? This, they, I still think they're implementing Project Bluebeam, as I'd said Mm -hmm. months ago, because it seems like since 2017, they have changed the gears on getting people to not only believe in aliens to, but like, definitely they're trying to get people to believe in aliens, right? We had the Pentagon release of of these UFOs, the Nimitz, the things like that, right? Then we've got this whole thing about weather balloons, which starts the conversation again, opens a new government program for this, which was the whole (laughs) point of that. We, it was just balloons the whole time anyway. Yeah. And now we've got them saying, yes, that guy, Bob Lazar, that said that area 51 had uh, bodies. That guy was telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, The people who were, who were saying that Roswell, they found bodies. They were telling the truth. Like this whole thing is true. And I think it's all part of the same thing. If you can get people to believe in aliens as the Mm -hmm. gods or as the creators of humanity, you have your new
1: religion, right? I'll tell you what I think it's for. Okay. When you see something that doesn't align with your worldview, Mm -hmm. you ignore it. And it's easier to ignore if it is a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. If it's a physical thing, it's much harder to ignore. But when you see a blurry creature at the edge of your vision and you don't believe in Bigfoot, then you didn't see it. Yes. So if the government uses holograms to and, and PR stuff like this to start to slowly introduce this idea, this is what it is, and this is what it looks like, and look, you can accept it. So the first thing people see and believe is the hologram. And that teaches their mind to see and believe the real thing.
0: Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Thank you. That, no, that, that makes so much sense because I was, I've been trying to piece this together for months now. Like I'm like, I know the holograph stuff's important, but it's not that they don't exist. It's not that these things aren't going to be, but you're right. There's this concept that I think is real. And, and because I've witnessed it, which Uh is people seeing something, but because it is spiritual, Mm -hmm. they will deny that Mm -hmm. they saw it. I mean, and, and, and I don't mean that they're just lying to themselves. They have lied to themselves so fully or they don't or, or whatever. Their, their brain just ch- shuts it out so mm-hmm. thoroughly that it never happened to them. And then you are being gaslit as a crazy person because you're like, we saw this together. Yeah. We saw this thing. We talked about it. And now you don't remember our conversations. Yeah. You don't remember anything. like I've seen it happen so many times. So I think you're right. If you can give them something physical and then yeah. you get them past that barrier of disbelief then they can see the spiritual right
1: the ones we were talking about in january Mm -hmm. the big lights over vegas i think
0: yeah yeah that was was blue beam yes yeah
1: so yeah okay i think we we have a couple five star reviews and then i think we'll transition to the rumble section and talk more with the chat
0: all right. So I am so bad at reading these. the last few weeks. I've had these in my notes forgot to read them. So thank you, Abby, because I asked you guys a few episodes ago uh, that I would give somebody a free T-shirt if they just wrote the the five star review. Conspiracy Pilled is not demonic. So from Donnelly Doll it says great show. Five stars. Conspiracy Pilled is not demonic. Yes. So I love that. I did. Yay. That was Frida, by the way, I sent you. Uh, a code for and if you didn't get it because I don't think she's used it yet. If you didn't get it, just message me and I'll send it to you again. Yeah. Uh, And then we also have. Yeah, absolutely. Frida needs a t-shirt and then Country Girl 716. um, If you want to message me too, I will send you at least a discount code. You were a few days after Frida, but I I appreciate the effort. It says five stars. I love PJ and Abby's take on conspiracy theories. Honestly, the only conspiracy podcast I listen to. I also love what I also love watching them on Rumble. Also glad they are not demonic. Yay. (laughs) So you you guys are great. I I promise if I forget them, I will get to them eventually. So if you guys uh, put your five star reviews out there, we'll read them. If you put it on a platform that's other than iTunes, I don't know how to find it right now. So just screenshot it, email it to us and I will send you a a discount code for the, for the merch store. So
1: lovely. There's, we have so much good merch and we just got a new thing. And do, do do we have an image where we could show the new artwork? You know what I
0: no, I know. I just had that one ready. I will pull it up while you're, while you're talking. Um,
1: Strangeland elf on Twitter. Her name's Laurel. She's she's a fantastic artist. She did uh, a really cool Bigfoot drawing for us for t-shirts. So we're excited about that. It's in the shop.
0: There we go. So there you can see the conspiracy theories and chill t-shirt and it is Bigfoot (laughs) sitting in a lot in a camping chair drinking a cup of North arrow coffee. So it's pretty pretty much perfect.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pretty great. I think it's a whole vibe. Yeah, for Um, sure. I'm really I'm really pleased with it. So
0: (laughs) I can't zoom up on any more than that, but you guys can see it. So that is at hawkhoundmedia.myshopify.com. If you guys listen to this, you guys can always go to uh, conspiracypill.com or hawkhound.com to get all the links for anything related to the show. So
1: yeah. All right. Let's say goodbye and transition to rumble.
0: All right, take it easy, everyone. If you guys are listening to this and you want this rumble section as well, go to conspiracypill.locals.com where the entire audio podcast is there. If not, we'll see you guys either on Unhinged tomorrow or we'll see you next week. God bless everyone.